Wednesday live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties, the food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento.
Mutineers. Tuned to Labor and Love Radio on The Mutiny. Thanksgiving, so thanks for listening. Labor and Love Radio on a Saturday morning, a cold November.
everybody this is the bee working the morning shift with you on a Saturday you're tuned to labor and love radio the show where we tell you how it is if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get someone else is probably you and me and all of us working people If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table, that is where you work, you're probably on the menu and never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. When I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Labor opinion, labor commentary, labor history. Your weekly labor magazines, buy for and about working people. Okay, so it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving passed. What is Thanksgiving anyway? We'll have to run that down because Thanksgiving holds a unique place in the American mythology. Let's see here. Everything you know about Thanksgiving is wrong, as a matter of fact. We'll see about that with uh, Francesca Ramsey on Decoded. Native American prophet John Trudell. We're going to play a major speech by him called Take Back the Earth. As a matter of fact, the speech that he gave on Thanksgiving in 1980. Headline, Wisconsin's dairy industry would collapse without the work of Latino immigrants. Many of them are undocumented. Radio labor today. International day to support Palestine, Palestinians. A global law against workplace violence. Labor start report about union events and singing. Never forget, Thanksgiving was how colonizers celebrated the genocide of indigenous people. Mass sterilization of Native American women? What's that about? A 1970 law. A nice parody of the parents of the president's Programs, the president's government. Here's a GOP senator, a woman, Joni Ernst, blocking violence against women act. How can you sleep at night? So let's see. Saturday night live sketch about Thanksgiving. And that and so much more. Let's get started. Walter Ruther, the head of the uh, 
United Auto Workers for many years went on a tour of an all-automated factory where robots did all the, the work, all the tasks of putting a car together. And the Ford executive who took Luther around thought he would he would uh, tease Ruther a little. So he said, how are you going to get these workers? And he pointed to all the robots. How are you going to get these workers to pay union dues? And Ruther looked around at all the robots and he said, how are you going to get them to buy Fords? Which brings up a point, okay? In, in our labor school here. People who build things and make things are the people who are supposed to buy them. Right? You're supposed to work and make a profit for your boss as you work and you're supposed to pay a profit to the boss again when you buy the product because you don't have a share in in that product. You don't have a share of the production. You just work your job and get paid a wage and then all the fruits of your labor go to someone else, go to the board. So what is Thanksgiving anyway? Let's listen to Let's listen to Francesca, if I can find her here. Okay, let's see. Here we go. Everything you know about Thanksgiving is wrong. Well, maybe not quite everything. Here we go. (laughs) And I'm thankful for my kindergarten class who made these wonderful crafts to celebrate Thanksgiving. (laughs) After the Native Americans helped the pilgrims survive their first winter in America, the Puritans invited them to share the first Thanksgiving. Oh, these are adorably wrong. A five-year-old made that. Based off of the lies that you taught them. Excuse me? Oh, it's not your fault. These are full of half-truths and historical propaganda. I thought the Native Americans and the Pilgrims were like besties or whatever. At best, the Pilgrims and Wampanoags could be described as political allies. By the time the Pilgrims showed up, not only were two-thirds of the Massachusetts tribes completely wiped out by European slave owners and diseases, the Pilgrims were constantly at war with the indigenous people and routinely tortured them. But what about Squanto, the Native American who learned English to help out the Pilgrims? He was actually a slave that was hauled off to Europe and then he learned English so that he could escape. But they did celebrate it every year, right? Not exactly. The next one was 16 years later and Unfortunately, it was because the Puritans were celebrating the massacre of the Pequot tribe. Back then, Thanksgiving was also for families, specifically murdering them. Okay, we get it. History is awful. The Puritans were terrible. And now we have to let our children know that the holiday started with tons of killings. Happy? Well, we actually have just about everything wrong with the Thanksgiving myth. Definitely didn't wear these buckle hats. Didn't land on Plymouth Rock. And as for that turkey... Oh, no, not turkey. More like venison, fowl, and eel. Jeez. 
how? Who cares about how this stupid holiday got started anyway? Exactly. In George Washington's 1789 Thanksgiving proclamation, the settlers aren't mentioned not even once. Thanksgiving wasn't celebrated nationwide until 1863 when this guy declared it a national holiday during the Civil War in order to bring the country together. That's why all of our foods are from the 19th century. So Lincoln came up with the whole Indian pilgrim story. Nope, that myth didn't catch on until the 1900s after we had fought and killed all the Native Americans. And then we put it in textbooks as fact. Because America. But. The food is really good, and if you ignore all the terrible history, like you know the murdering, the raping, the pillaging, it's still kind of a great holiday. So the Mayflower is a lie. Why do we eat cranberry sauce? But what about stuffing? Is Black Friday really just a capitalist conspiracy to get poor people to buy things so we can't truly live out a populist revolt? Or is it really I am never telling you the truth ever again. Francesca Ramsey with her version of Thanksgiving. When you're sitting there with your family <laughs> to set them straight. Okay, never forget Thanksgiving was how colonizers celebrated the genocide of indigenous people. This is by Jason Williams on the true. While the majority of minds in America are preparing for Thanksgiving meals and get-together, there are those of us who acknowledge the reality of the holiday and find it impossible to muster up a righteous enthusiasm. Many of us already understand that Thanksgiving we learned about in school is not the real story. Many of us understand that this holiday represents a symbolic milestone in the murderous campaigns of the European invaders. We know it was never about love and philanthropic enthusiasm between the indigenous peoples of America and the European colonizers, but rather than creating a framework that reinforces an ideology of European dominance and supremacy. So, Thanksgiving is the day beyond uh, all the cooperation myths about pilgrims and, and the native tribes around them. Thanksgiving is the day when the white national project, the European white national project, the European male white national project, gets its blessing from heaven. Okay, in the mythology, the fact that the pilgrims, the colonists, were able to survive that first winter means that God had blessed it and that today is a day you give thanks for how well you're doing, the, th the things you've achieved. Well, what if your life, your wife's, your life's not going well? <laughs> What if you're broke? What if you don't have a place to live on these 30 plus degree nights? 
our national project should be to make it so there are no people like that, so everyone can give thanks for something on Thanksgiving. If you're someone ignorant of the real history and meaning behind Thanksgiving, and you're celebrating the holiday because America told you, then yes, because you have no knowledge of self and are just a mindless slave being obedient to your master. Wake up. On the other hand, if you're completely aware of the truth, but you choose to attend the events of the day because it's a great opportunity for you to spend time with people you care about and may not have seen for a while, then no. You're not supporting the conquering of your own people. You're conscious enough not to be manipulated by the artificial propaganda. But at the same time, take advantage of an opportunity to enjoy family, which unfortunately only seems to happen in America on white holidays. Okay, and then it, it says, don't worry about arguing, don't worry about convincing everybody. That's not your job. Anyway, appreciate the precious time all your loved ones will spend together. And be assured within yourself that you're not supporting the conquering of indigenous people, but rather celebrating the day on your own terms and for your own reasons. Hear, hear, huh? Never forget. Okay, let's, uh, here's a song, a Trump, um, parody of Donald Trump and his administration. Lying about everything, don't matter if it's small or big, trying to solicit of the countries to election rig, taxes unpaid, net worth not so high Money laundered Crime after Conflicts of interest Like trademarks In China Sexual Harassment Like grabbing Vaginas Spilling Intel Putting spies at risk Obstruct He's a thug, he's a crook, he's a president Crime after crime When he's gone, well, the book, they will draw at him Crime after crime He's insane, narcissistic, can't help himself Crime after crime When he falls, well, the cops, they will be waiting Crime after crime Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails. If Russia, if China, if someone else offers you information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? I think you might want to listen. China should start an investigation into the Biden. Siding with Putin instead of the CIA. Reducing his debt load by demanding lower interest rates. 
Okay, that was a nice little parody, huh? Crime After Crime. Jen Houston sang that. Ladies and gentlemen, how about a nice warm round of applause to welcome the world's greatest blues singer, the king of the blues, B.B.
gamble You might like to dance You may be the heavyweight champion of the world You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Maybe a rock and roll addict dancing on the stage Money have drugs at your command Women in a cage You may be a businessman or some high-degree thief They may call you doctor Or they may call you chief But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you are You're gonna have to serve somebody The head of some bigger TV network You may be rich or poor You may be blind or lame Maybe living in another country Under another name But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you are You're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Well, it may be the devil Or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve Working on a home Might be living in a mansion You might live in a dome You may own guns And you may even own tanks You may be somebody's landlord You may even own banks But you're gonna have to serve somebody Maybe a city councilman taking bribes on the side Maybe working in a barber shop, you may know how to cut hair And maybe somebody's mistress, maybe somebody's heir But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody Tim 
Hey, that set, that set, we started off with a, a parody, Crime After Crime by Jen Houston, about the various and sundry crimes, crimes of our president. Wasn't it a crime when he got up and told Russia to go, to hack into our emails Hack into the emails of his of his political enemies. Nonsensical, but it, to a lot of people it makes sense. Anyway, Jen Houston with crime after crime, and then BB King with an upbeat version of Every Day I Have the Blues, and then a reminder from Bob Dylan. No matter what you're doing, you're going to have to serve somebody in your life. Is it going to be the devil or is it going to be the Lord? Is it going to be your people or is it going to be corporations? Everybody has to answer that question. I mean, over the years years and years we're talking about western civilization this has been the question go all the way back further back than that even but the story of antigone a greek princess who wanted to bury her brother her brother had revolted against his father, the king, and he was killed. And um, in total disdain, they just left his body out there. The king left his body and said no one could touch the body because that would be a reminder to people not to revolt against him. Antigone, his sister, was torn apart by this. She had to dress and bury her brother. So she did. She went out and did it. And she was arrested and locked under the earth in a cave to die. So the question always is, do you serve the state? Do you serve the power? Or do you serve your conscience? why we say you got to serve somebody first thanksgiving here's a humorous look at it from snl um as captain john smith visits his girlfriend's family for thanksgiving very delicious 
Well, I'm glad you like it, John. But again, our last name isn't Hauntus. No. We don't have last names, John. Oh, right. Sorry, I guess I messed up again. I guess you did. It's okay, John. You're doing fine. I'm just so nervous. I really want your family to like me. They do like you. Would you excuse me for a sec? I just have to use the restroom. Oh, okay. John seems nice. He is, Mom. And thanks again for welcoming him to Thanksgiving dinner, even though he's... A pale face? Grandpa, that's not nice. You're being prejudiced. I'm not prejudiced. I just see that the pale faces are taking over. They're everywhere now. Uh, maybe cool it with the pale face talk, Dad. What? Can we... We can't say that now? So, so what are they called? I think just white people. White people? <laughs> But they're not white, they're pale. Guys, stop it, he's gonna hear you. Oh, phew. I guess my stomach was a little upset. I feel a lot better now. <laughs> Look, he didn't even wash. His hands are bone dry. So, John, Pocahontas tells us you're turning 30 soon. Yep, yeah, a couple of weeks. And you do know she's 12, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I do, I do. Yeah. Oh, I, I see. Hey, I, I, I have an idea. Why don't we all go around the table and share something that we're thankful for? Oh, I love that idea. Well, I'm I'll start. For... <laughs> I'm thankful for our land and our great and mighty chief. And let's hope he finally builds that wall. Grandpa? What? We need a wall. I heard those illegal settlers are coming over here with their diseases and guns, and we need to protect our borders. That's just so rude and offensive, Grandpa. Yeah, where'd you even hear a thing like that? Fox. Grandpa, you gotta stop talking to that crazy old fox. He knows what's up. He makes a lot more sense than that lying peacock you talk to. You know what? It's okay. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Exactly. Can we just have a nice Thanksgiving dinner without you bringing up politics? Fine by me. Yes. Please. You know what? I think I have to excuse myself again. Oh, sure. Okay, babe. Grandpa, you're being a bigot. Is John okay? That's the second time he's excused himself. Maybe because Grandpa keeps freaking him out. Or maybe because he's stealing from us. What? John doesn't steal. I'm just saying, since those illegals showed up, a lot of things have gone missing lately. Buffaloes, land. <laughs> but Grandpa, the pale, excuse me, white people have made some good contributions to our land. Oh, right, like those ugly blankets that are getting everybody sick. Who told you the blankets are getting people sick? The fox. <laughs> he knows what's up. He also said these illegals... Stop calling them illegals. They're just regular, hard-working people seeking refuge. And since when is it our job to take care of this world's problems? Okay, Dad, that's enough. Uh, hey, guys, I should maybe get going. Bone dry again. <laughs> John, please stay. Yeah, I'm sorry about my father. He's just a little old-fashioned. Oh, it's not that. I just think my stomach is having a hard time digesting this food. Uh, I saw some whole corn kernels in my stool, and I specifically remember chewing them all. Yeah, that happens to me, too. <laughs> me, too. Yeah, it's something about the skin on the corn. I think it doesn't break down. Oh. But that doesn't make sense because it's only some of them in my stool. Right. Like three or four. Yes, I saw exactly four just now in my stool. And I saw three yesterday. Wow. John, I, 
I guess we have a few things in common after all. Yeah, I guess so. Friends? Friends. I'm not touching your hands. You just cracked twice and your hands are bone dry. Oh, sorry. Grandpa! Grandpa. Hi, folks. I'm Will Ferrell. And if you're anything like me, you know there's a lot of problems in this crazy, crazy sketch. I mean, white actors playing natives? What is this, 2014? But no matter what year it is, or what color we are, or whether we get our news from a fox or a peacock, one thing's for sure, none of us can digest corn. And that's what's important. Happy Thanksgiving. That was the SNL group with uh, Will Ferrell, Maya Rudolph. And that was their take on Thanksgiving. Yeah, what if uh, Native Americans had put up a wall? keep white people out with their diseases <clears throat> and their thieving ways. <clears throat> thieving? Thieving? Thieving ways? Yeah, thieving ways. A whole continent was stolen, taken, whatever you want to call it. Somehow that happened, but the one of the mythologies of of a white people is that all that somehow happened as part of this inexorable organic progress for progress read exploitation okay let's listen now to john trudell and i'd love to play the whole thing but uh thanksgiving speech 1980 John Trudell, Indian prophet. We're faced with a very serious situation in this generation. There are insane people who wish to rule the world. They wish to continue to rule the world on violence and repression. And we are all the victims of that violence and repression. We, as the indigenous people of the Western Hemisphere, have been resisting this violence and this oppression for 500 years. We know that the black people have been resisting it for at least that long. And we know that the white people have had to endure it thousands of years. And now it's come full swing to this generation that we live in, nuclearization of the world. You see, this cannot be, we cannot allow this to continue to go on. We cannot do it. You see, we cannot expect that the pro-nuclear oppressor, that other side, we cannot expect that they're going to change for us. They are going to become more brutal. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. We have to reestablish our identity. We have to understand who we are and where we fit in the natural order of the world because our oppressor deals in illusions. They tell us that it is power, but it is not power. They may have all the guns, and they may have all the racist laws and judges, and they may control all the money, but that is not power. 
These are imitations of power, and they are only power because in our minds we allow it to be power. But it's all an imitation. Racism and violence, racism and guns, economics, the brutality of the American corporate state way of life is nothing more than violence and repression, and it has nothing to do with power. It is brutality. It is a lack of a sane, it's, it's, it's a lack of a sane balance. The people who have created this system and they perpetuate this system, they are out of balance. They have made us out of balance. They have come into our minds and they've come into our hearts and they've programmed us because we live in this society and they've put us out of balance. And because we are out of balance, we no longer have the power to deal with them. They have conquered us as a natural power. See, we are power. They deal in violence and repression. We are power. We are a part of the natural world. All of the things of the natural world are a natural part of the creation and feed off the energy of our sacred Mother Earth. We are power. But they have separated us from our spiritual connection to the Earth. So people feel powerless. We look at the oppressor and we look at the enemy because they have the most guns and the most lies and the most money. People start to feel powerless. We are power. We are a natural part of the creation. We were put here on the sacred Mother Earth to serve a purpose. And somewhere in the history of people, we're forgetting what the purpose is. The purpose is to honor the Earth. The purpose is to protect the Earth. The purpose is to live in balance with the Earth. The Earth is our mother. And we will never free ourselves as human people. We will never feel, free ourselves as sexual people. We will never free ourselves until we address the issue of how we live in balance with the Earth. Because all of our resistance and all of our struggle is hollow, it's false, it's another one of those oppressors' hypocrisies. If we do not look out for the welfare of the earth first, because I do not care who it is, any child that turns on their mother is living in a terrible, terrible confusion. The earth is our mother. We must take care of the earth. They pollute. This oppressor, this machine, this machine that has gone mad and run amok, it is berserk. They keep telling us, you know, progress. They keep telling us, face reality. Well, let's deal with reality. Reality is the earth can no longer take this attack. We cannot, we can no longer allow this thing to continue where it's polluting the air. It's polluting the water, it's polluting our food. They pollute the air, they pollute the water, they pollute our food, they pollute our minds. They put us out of balance. They have made us be insecure with ourselves. They have put us into a situation where we have to play many roles. We got, you know, we got to be chauvinist or we got to be some, on some kind of a class trip or some kind of an illusionary power trip. We got to play a role, see? We got to play a role to communicate with other people. We got to go through this charade because they have attacked our self-confidence. They have attacked our self-confidence and they have made us to listen to them. They have made us to believe that they are power, but they are not. They are violent and they are brutal, but they are not power. We are a natural part of the earth. As a natural part of the earth, we have the energy and the power that is the earth. The earth will take care of us if we will remember the earth in more than just our words. If we will remember the earth in our way of life, we are all here to play a role, and all of the animals and all of the life on the earth is playing its proper role except the human people. Somehow we are, re we are betraying, we are betraying our purpose here and that is why we live in the confusion that we live in. 
They tell us, they want us to believe that we are powerless. We are a natural part of the earth. We are an extension of that natural energy, that natural energy which is spirit and which is power. Power, a blizzard is power. An earthquake is power. A tornado is power. These are all things of power that no oppressor, no machine age can put these things of power in a prison. No machine age can make these things of power submit to the machine age. That is natural power. And just as it takes millions and billions of elements to make a blizzard to happen or to make the earthquake, to make the earth to move, then it's going to take millions and billions of us. We are power. We have that power. We have the potential for that power. I remember in the 60s and the 70s, and I heard all this thing about power to the people, and I never really understood because everyone was saying power to the people, and they were talking about demonstrator, they were talking about vote, they were talking about dealing on the terms of the oppressor. Our power will come back to us, our sense of balance will come back to us when we go back to the natural way of protecting and honoring the earth. If we have forgotten how to do it, and if we think that it looks overwhelming and we can never accomplish it, then all we have to do in each of us as an individual can go out and we can find some spot on the earth that we could relate to. Feel that energy. Feel that power. That's where our safety will come. The earth will take care of us. We have to understand that the American corporate state will not take care of us. They do not care about us. Maximize their profit. That is where their whole life value is placed upon maximize the profit. They will turn us against each other to maximize the profit because they have done it in the past. Nuclear energy, it's the final assault. Nuclear energy should tell each and every one of us that they have gone beyond the reasons of sanity, that they are no longer sane, that they no longer deal with the real natural world because they want to create a radioactivity, all right, that is going to make it impossible for the Mother Earth to take care of our life. We will not destroy the world. We are arrogant and we are stupid and we are foolish if we believe that we will destroy the world. Man has the ability to destroy all of the people's ability to live on the earth, but we do not have the power to destroy the earth. The earth will heal itself. The earth will purify itself of us. If it takes a billion years to get rid of the radiation, the earth will do it because the earth has that kind of a time. We do not. Our obligations and our loyalties have to be to the earth and they have to be to our sense of community and to our people and to our relations. Our obligations and our loyalty should not be to a government that will not take care of our needs. Our obligations and loyalty should not be to a government that has proven time and time again that it is the enemy of the people unless the people are rich in dollars. That has been the consistent history of Western civilization and the American corporate state government. That's reality. They are not our friends. They do not care for us. We have to face that reality that we have an enemy. We want to talk about nuclear war. Everybody's afraid of nuclear war that's going to come between the Americans and the Russians and the Chinese or whoever. But are they not waging nuclear war on us now when the miners die from cancer from mining that uranium? Are they not waging nuclear war with Three Mile Island when they release that stuff into the air? Are they not waging nuclear war when they build all of these nuclear reactors and it's not safe? Are they not waging nuclear war when they attack the Indian people on their land, militarily attack the Indian people and racistly attack the Indian people so that they can get at the natural resources to feed their radioactive machine? That is war. 
and they are waging it against us. They bribe Congress. They bribe your elected officials. They terrorize and intimidate your elected officials by getting the FBI to blackmail them. Those are acts of war. We will have to come to a time in our lifetime, and it will come in our lifetime when we are going to have to deal with the fact that the enemy has taken over your government. The government is not your ally. The government will use you, chew you up, and spit you out. You think that we are wrong? You think that we are talking unrealistically? Then go look at your elders and see what has happened to your elders in your machine-age society. See what kind of respect that they get. See what kind of a voice they are allowed into your society, what kind of input they have. See what their final reward of happiness is after working for this slave state for 30 or 40 years and allowing someone else to exploit their, their labors. What is racism? Racism is an act of war. Sexism is an act of war. It's a war against our human dignity and our rights to self-respect. This is the war that they wage there. War, they are warlike. And we have to understand that Ameri the American corporate state got to where it's at through the act of war. The next war, you wanna worry, you wanna think about a war? The next war that you better be concerned about is the one that they're gonna fight here here in the continental United States. They have fought many wars here. They fought us all along, see, because we said it's ours and you haven't got a right to it, and they fought us. Now you all are claiming that it's yours under this illusionary concept of private ownership of property and they're gonna fight you. But they're gonna call it national security and energy crisis. They're gonna call it constitutional rights and they're gonna call it judicial proceedings. They're going to nationalize, you know, your military coup is going to come by, they're going to nationalize the police departments. That's your military coup in the name of violence, rising crime. But all we must do is look in the corporate office and see the rising crime that is taking place there and nobody's going to jail for it. So we got to understand that they are arming themselves to wage a war against us, and it's going to be called the, the war of law and order because they're twisting it around. For 500 years, my people have resisted. For 500 years, we will resist again if it becomes necessary. We want to be able to relate and communicate with all of the people that are living on this land, but we want to be able to relate and communicate from a position of truth. You all got to face the truth. We have had to face it through 500 years of genocide. We have had to face the truth. We have had to live the truth. We have had to die the truth before we're gonna ever see our evolutionary liberation. The people that call themselves Americans are going to have to face the truth also. They tell us to be realistic, that progress means all these things have to happen. They tell us that we can't go back to the old way. They tell us be realistic. But there is no old way, no new way. There is a way of life. We must live in balance with the earth. We must do it. We have no choice. If we allow ourselves to, to be apathetic, or we allow ourselves to be lied to or tolerate their lies about what they are doing to the earth, then we are betraying our intention. We are betraying our purpose here. We cannot protect that seventh generation if we do not protect the earth. We cannot protect ourselves if we do not protect the earth. The earth gives us life, not the American government. The earth gives us life, not the multinational corporate government. 
The earth gives us life. We need to have the earth. We must have it. Otherwise, our life will be no more. So we must resist what they do. They want to break our spirit. They will do everything and anything to break our spirit, our will to live. We must learn to resist. We must learn to see. We must learn to look. We must learn to step out of this reactionaryism. All of our lives, they've had control of us through their schools and through their TV, their electronic media. They've had control of us all of our lives. They have programmed us. They have made us become reactionary. We don't think, we react to what they do. We don't think, we react to everything that they do. We react to it. They're setting us up in the 80s because they know consistently throughout the past, the people have always reacted to what they have, to their manipulations of circumstance. They know that the people always react. They're counting on it in the 80s. See, and they outnumber us with guns. They outnumber us with money. They outnumber us with votes. They control all the machines that count the votes. <laughs> they got it all stacked in their favor, except there's a key. <laughs> the key is we must start thinking and stop reacting. They have, the oppressor has no thinkers. They have no philosophers. It's all scientific. It's all economic. It's all manipulative. They have no thinkers. You go look and you deal with the enemy and what the enemy does is you, the enemy will send somebody out on the street to hit you in the head and the guy says, I'm only taking my orders. And if, you're, if you can come from a position of strength to this guy that's hitting you in the head and say, hey, you gotta stop hitting me in the head, we wanna talk, then he says, well, I have to go to my superior to see. They have no thinkers either. If we will start to think and we will learn to see, Okay, that's uh, part one of John Trudell, Native American prophet, poet, musician, philosopher, although kind of a strange word to use in that context. Uh, but, yeah, we need people. See, we need people who think in the big way, too besides the details of resistance. We need people who look at the big picture and talk about not just our lives, but our life here on Earth. John Trudell. Trudell, um, at one point, one of his uh, talks, speeches... Minds are being mine. Here's Anne Fee.
propped upright in some last lost corner of his life, waiting the only new thing left to see. He cultivates memories rich and brown like gardens. Hardly eighty, his eyes already inward turning, he has banished himself to worlds of fine gray dust. Tonight, wrapped around a chair, he rolls another damp cigarette and sends those blue clouds on their familiar reach into the bag of weathered yarns, and like some deft and protoplasmic being, turns himself inside out to feed on the silence that is me.
to pity the poem of Grant, whose very strength is spent in vain. Just like on sides, and whose tears are like the rain. Woman, he eats, but he is not a satisfied. He hears, but he just does. Then he turned his back on me.
All right, let's resume now. Thanksgiving 1980, John Trudell, American prophet. John Trudell now, native prophet. Uh, this is a, a talk that he gave uh, on Thanksgiving Day in 1980. He really is. We will outnumber them through the thinking process. We will take our minds away from them because through their manipulation of our mind, they control our spirit. And they know this is true. They tell us, see, they want us to believe that we are powerless. They want us to believe that we are becoming overwhelmed, that they can overwhelm us. You see, but they are paranoid. They are more paranoid than any of us are, no matter what happens to us. Because, see, they have to put people in here to come and listen to what we're saying so they can go back. So they're afraid. They're afraid because they know we're talking about reality. Now, why are they afraid? They are afraid because they know that they are dealing with the illusions of power, which are based on the realities of violence and brutality. They're afraid. See, they don't want people to think. They don't want people to be talking, and they don't want people to think about what they talk about because they know. They've known it all along that they built their whole thing on illusions. And because they have drawn us into giving this illusionary world all this power, they have taken our power away from us because we believe in the illusions. It's going to be real hard for us to get our way back. We have to deal with the economics. We have to deal with the politics. We have to deal with the whole nuclear madness. But we're going to have to purify and cleanse our spirit a little bit, our resistance, movements. We have to think real seriously about movements. See, movements make up a resistance. We have to be very careful in as how we organize because they're counting on us to react the same way we did in the 60s and the 70s. You think that this energy crisis and you think that this economic inflation thing, you think it's an accident? You think it just happened? They saw in the 60s that the American people were becoming more liberal because they were becoming more affluent. And because they were becoming more affluent, they were starting to say, well, equal rights for the blacks. The young people are starting to say, well, it doesn't matter what you look like. We all have a worth. And then that led up to where everybody started saying the war in Vietnam is wrong. The other side, they saw that all of these conclusions were based on a level of affluency that was reaching the average American and the average American was becoming more liberalistic in their thinking because they were getting this affluency. So they're getting even. They've had a redistribution of the wealth. They did it through energy, through oil, to make the people more poor. They did it. That's what Watergate was all about. While everybody was looking at Richard Nixon and did he or didn't he, they had a redistribution of the wealth and the price of gasoline and bread went up 100%. See, now, if you didn't have Nixon to look at and be concerned about, then maybe you all would not have allowed them to raise these prices. See, but by the time that they got the prices raised by 100%, it was too late for the American people to ever recover and deal with it. They're getting even for the 60s and the 70s. Count on it. It's not an accident. You've got a racist, class, sexist, ruling class power structure that exists in the world, and it's composed of heavy industrialists, the people who are 
who are part machine and they intend that they're going to keep their hold on the world economics. We live in, an, in a machine world, an industrialized world. We got to deal with race. Two-thirds of the world's natural resources are on non-white land because that's where two-thirds of the world population is. One-third of the world's resources, because of technology coming out of the white land, one-third of the world's resources are almost totally used up. But technology spreads like any disease. Technology spreads. So this two-thirds, this two-thirds with the majority of the world's population, they got all the natural resources. So at some point in the immediate future, they're going to have all the technology, which makes them the new machine power. And it changes the whole thing around, but like they did to us. When they wanted our land in the Dakotas, they used their technology to stay ahead. They came and they gave us a few Winchester repeating rifles because they had Gatling guns. And then they could justify their murder, see? Because America, the hypocrisy is they must arm you before they murder you. So that was how they went about it. We look at today and now, by creating a dependency on nuclear power, nuclear energy, by creating a dependency upon that, there's only a handful of countries that control the mass, the mechanism of mass production of this. All the countries in the world don't. And you watch where the nuclear bombs are going. They're going to places like Africa and the Middle East. And they're gonna give some of these people some bombs in the hopes, and they'll even have some of these people drop one of these atom bombs on each other one of these days. See, they can afford to hand the bombs out there because these nations have no capability of delivering the bomb back to where it came from be it the Soviet Union or America. They create a dependency on nuclear energy. Then everybody has to adjust their needs, see, and we stay dependent. And then through the end of it, before it's done, they intend to use their nuclear energy to be able to step into the, net, into the third world and take the natural resources. It's all got to do with economics and racist power trips that have been in existence since before Christ. There's no need for it because of electricity, you know, for us to survive and resist. We are going to have to understand and recognize that we are energy because we are a natural part of the creation. And if we are going to effectively stand up to our enemy, we're going to have to be able to do it based upon our connection to the real truth, to reality. Our enemy is abusing, is abusing the earth. Our enemy abuses us, abuses all of the sacred things of life. But we are an extension of the earth. We are energy and we are spirit. Before we will be strong, enough to fight and stand up to the enemy, we are going to have to evaluate how we use our own energy. Are we misusing our own energy? Are we misusing ourselves? Because we gotta deal with that before we can deal with being misused by someone else. Alternative energy, we are alternative energy. We are it, we have power. We must gear ourselves for a long struggle. We must never give up hope. We must never turn our back on it and say we're not going to make it because those who turn their back and say we're not going to make it, then they're not going to. That's it for them. But the spirit of the people, the spirit of the people, the spirit of the earth, we live in a natural world. We go through, we go through lives. All of our ancestors who were here before us, all of our relations who were here with us and went into the spirit world, see, they didn't go to heaven or hell. They're here. They are spirit power. We connect with them. They will help us. They will help us to survive this thing, this madness that is coming, this machine madness that is being imposed upon all of us. What we must do is we must seriously think and consider our situation today as human beings. Because we're talking about sexism and ageism and racism and classism. We're talking about a nuclear attack against the earth. 
We're talking about a lot of things. They want to confuse us with nuclear bombs. They want to confuse us with the draft. They want to confuse us with the whole economics. But we must put, take a little bit of time every day anyway and put some of that confusion to the side and think about who we are in relationship to the earth. The earth has the ability to heal and the earth has the ability to help us. The earth is power. We're looking to the wrong source for our power. And the more we look to the wrong source, the more powerless we become. And they will attack. You take that flower power movement that was in the middle 60s. These were young white people coming out of middle America. And these were the ones that were saying it doesn't matter what you look like or how you dress or how much money you make. And they became a threat to America. So America attacked them. America attacked them with LSD and speed and heroin and drugs. America took them and discredited them and said, said, they're no longer flower power children who come from your middle class homes. They are drug addicts and they had a generation gap. See, but everybody was so caught up in mind expansionism and idealism, they said, well, the LSD is a good thing for us and we really want it because it helps us to grow and see. But I consider it to be an act of war. The CIA was experimenting with LSD for specifically for that purpose, to use it in chemical warfare. And they saw a whole segment of the American public was turning, turning into a, a consciousness that talked about true human life values. So they dropped their LSD bomb. You see, because mind expansion and consciousness alteration was taking place. That's what the civil rights movement was. That's what the flower power movement was. That's what the anti-war movement was. It was people whose minds and their consciousness was expanding and starting to become more realistic. So they turned around and they dropped a few things on us to divert our energy. So we have, we have to be very careful. We must always think. We must always look to see because there's an answer for everything that is going on if we're willing to take the time to look for it and to see it. We are power. We are energy. We are spirit. We are the people. We want to be free. We want our liberation. Then we must take the responsibility that goes with liberation and freedom, and that responsibility is, is to be able to take the time to analyze and to think and to feel things out to their logical conclusion. Feel, stay with these things to the end, to the good conclusion. We cannot come and get involved in this for a year or two years. We must pick our way of life and we must live to it. And no matter how hard anybody here thinks that it is, you think about all of our relatives that are locked up in prison cells. Think about how hard it is for them. But they're strong enough to endure. Well, we're out here. We should be strong enough to endure also. Think about all the women and children and, and men, the people that have had to endure centuries and centuries of oppression. Strong enough to endure. We must do that. We must find a way to communicate with each other. We must find a way to have a more open human compassion. We must go back to the ways of the earth. It's the only way we're going to protect the unborn. We must never quit. We must be resistance. We must build a resistance that passes on the information and the knowledge of our mistakes to the next generation. We must not become too movement oriented where we get caught up in our own arrogance because we're chasing a cause. We must build our power. And we must understand that we build strong. We must build to survive, not to change the politics right now. We must build to survive because pretty soon, pretty soon a lot of these conversations will not, they will not allow them to take place anymore.
pretty soon we're going to have to be looking at each other in a way where we're either where we're allies there's going to come a time in our lifetime and many of us will see it there's going to come a time where we're going to have to run to each other for safety that time is coming and anyone who refuses to believe it anyone who still believes the american lie that it can't happen here then you have our sympathy and we do not mean to offend you <laughs> Stay with us as long as you can, and when you see it start to happen, then you make your decision. Because Reagan, Reagan's not your enemy. Reagan's just, he's an actor. <laughs> he's saying the words that somebody is putting into his hands to say. He's reading his script, and they got this thing well planned, and they intend that they're gonna break the backbone of resistance in America and they're going to do it under their so-called energy crisis. I don't know what the answers are or the solutions, but we know that, let's pray. Every day we could pray. We could pray to the earth and we could pray to the ways that we believe and pray for some kind of understanding and take a little bit of time to get to know ourselves and be comfortable with ourselves. Take a little time, see, because the enemy has come into us. The enemy, has, the enemy is inside of us. The enemy exploits our ego exploits our needs and our wants. You know, there are things in this world that we need to have to survive. And there are things in this world that we want because we want them. We are going to have to relearn the difference. We're going to have to learn to take what we need, even if it means giving up some of the excess that we want. And we cannot give too much to a way of life. I thank you for your time. Thanksgiving Day speech there by uh, by a John Trudell. <clears throat> Let's see here. Here he is on Americanism. Children have to be told there's bullshit coming down the road. They have to be warned that life is about detecting the bullshit and fending it off as best you can. No one told me a thing like that. I was never warned about any of this. I had to find all of it out for myself. And there are still, as with you probably, a lot of things that you're expected to believe and accept in America that uh, I personally have a problem with, and I question a lot of these things. Give you an example. I saw a slogan on a guy's car that said, proud to be an American. And I thought, well, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> proud to be an American. You see, I've never understood national pride. I've never understood ethnic pride. Because uh, I'm Irish, and I'm all four of my grandparents were born in Ireland, so I'm fully Irish. And when I was a kid, I would go to the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And I noticed that they sold a button that said, proud to be Irish. And I could never understand that because I knew that on Columbus Day they sold a different button that said proud to be Italian. Then came black pride and Puerto Rican pride. And I could never understand ethnic or national pride. Because to me, pride should be reserved for something you achieve or attain on your own. Not something that happens by accident of birth. Being Irish... <laughs> 
Being Irish isn't a skill. It's a fucking genetic accident. You wouldn't say I'm proud to be 5'11". I'm proud to have a predisposition for colon cancer. So why the fuck would you be proud to be Irish or proud to be Italian or American or anything? If, hey, if you're happy with it, that's fine. Do that, put that on your car. Happy to be an American. Be happy, don't be proud. Too much pride as it is. Pride goeth before a fall. Never forget Proverbs, okay? Now, it's all bullshit, folks. It's all bullshit and it's bad for you. Now, speaking of parents and speaking of bullshit, uh, to here's another slogan. Here's another slogan you run into all the time. God bless America. Once again, respectfully, I say to myself, what the fuck does that mean? God bless America? Is that a request? Is that a demand? Is that a suggestion? Politicians say it at the end of every speech, as if it were some sort of verbal tick that they can't get rid of. God bless you and God bless America. God bless you and God bless America. I guess they figure if they leave it out, someone's gonna think they're bad Americans. Let me tell you a little secret about God, folks. God does not give a flying fuck about America, okay? He doesn't care. He never cared about this country. He never has, he never will. He doesn't care about this country any more than he cares about Mongolia, Transylvania, Pittsburgh, the Suez Canal, or the North Pole. He simply doesn't care, okay? He doesn't care. Listen, hey, there are 200 countries in the world now. Do these people honestly think that God is sitting around picking out his favorites? Why would he do that? Why would God have a favorite country? And why would it be America out of all the countries? Because we have the most money? Because he likes our national anthem? Maybe it's because he heard we have 18 delicious flavors of classic rice-a-roni. It's delusional thinking, it's delusional thinking, and Americans are not alone with these sort of delusions. Military cemeteries around the world are packed with brainwashed, dead soldiers who were convinced God was on their side. America prays for God to destroy our enemies. Our enemies pray for God to destroy us. Somebody's gonna be disappointed. <laughs> Somebody's wasting their fucking time. Could it be everyone? Now, now. If people want to say God bless America, that's their business, I don't care, but here's what I don't understand. If they say God bless America, presumably they believe in God. And if they do, they must have heard God loved everyone. That's what he said, he loved everyone and he loved them equally. So why would these people ask God to do something that went against his own teachings? You know what these God bless America people ought to do? They ought to check with that Jesus fellow they're so crazy about. They're always talking about what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? They don't want to know so they can do it. They just want to know so they can tell other people to do it. Well. I'll tell you what Jesus would have done. I'll tell you what Jesus would have done. He would have got up on the top of the Empire State Building and said, God bless everyone around the world forever and ever till the end of time. That's what Jesus would have done, and that's what these people should do, or else they should admit that God bless America is really just some sort of an empty slogan with no real meaning except for something vague like, good luck. <laughs> good luck, America, you're on your own, which is a little bit closer to the truth. Here's another platitude they jam down your throat. 
Here's one more item for you, the last in our civics book. Rights. Boy, everyone in this country's always running around yammering about their fucking rights. I have a right, you have no right, we have a right, they don't have a right. Folks, I hate to spoil your fun, but there's no such thing as rights, okay? They're imaginary. We made them up, like the boogeyman. <laughs> the three little pigs, Pinocchio, Mother Goose, shit like that. Rights are an idea, they're just imaginary. They're a cute idea, cute, but that's all cute and fictional. But if you think you do have rights, let me ask you this, where do they come from? People say, well, they come from God, they're God-given rights. Oh, fuck, here we go again. Here we go again. The God excuse, the last refuge of a man with no answers and no argument, it came from God. Anything we can't describe must have come from God. Personally, folks, I believe that if your rights came from God, he would have given you the right to some food every day, and he would have given you the right to a roof over your head. God would have been looking out for you. God would have been looking out for you. You know that? He wouldn't have been worried about making sure you have a gun so you get drunk on Sunday night and kill your girlfriend's parents. But let's say it's true. Let's say God gave us these rights. Why would he give us a certain number of rights? The Bill of Rights in this country has 10 stipulations, okay? 10 rights. And apparently God was doing sloppy work that week because we've had to amend the Bill of Rights an additional 17 times. So God forgot a couple of things like slavery. Just fucking slipped his mind. But let's say, let's say God gave us the original 10. He gave the British 13. The British Bill of Rights has 13 stipulations. The Germans have 29. The Belgians have 25. The Swedish have only six. And some people in the world have no rights at all. What kind of a fucking goddamn God-given deal is that? No rights at all? Why would God give different people in different countries different numbers of different rights? Boredom? Amusement? Bad arithmetic? Do we find out at long last after all this time that God is weak in math skills? Doesn't sound like divine planning to me. Sounds more like human planning. Sounds more like one group trying to control another group. In other words, business as usual in America. Now, if you think you do have rights, one last assignment for you. Next time you're at the computer, get on the internet, go to Wikipedia. When you get to Wikipedia, in the search field for Wikipedia, I want you to type in Japanese Americans 1942, and you'll find out all about your precious fucking rights, okay? All right, you know about it. You know about it. Yeah. In 1942, there were 110,000 Japanese American citizens and good standing, law abiding people who were thrown into internment camps simply because their parents were born in the wrong country. That's all they did wrong. They had no right to a lawyer, no right to a fair trial, no right to a jury of their peers, no right to due process of any kind. The only right they had right this way, <laughs> into the internment camps. Just when these American citizens needed their rights the most, their government took them away. And rights aren't rights if someone can take them away. They're privileges. That's all we've ever had in this country is a bill of temporary privileges. And if you read the news even badly, you know that every year the list gets shorter and shorter and shorter. You see how soon Yeah. 
Sooner or later, the people in this country are going to realize the government does not give a fuck about them. Government doesn't care about you or your children or your rights or your welfare or your safety. It simply doesn't give a fuck about you. It's interested in its own power. That's the only thing, keeping it and expanding it wherever possible. Personally, when it comes to rights, I think one of two things is true. I think either we have unlimited rights or we have no rights at all. Personally, I lean toward unlimited rights. I feel, for instance, I have the right to do anything I please. But if I do something you don't like, I think you have the right to kill me. So where are you gonna find a fairer fucking deal than that? So the next time some asshole says to you, I have a right to my opinion, you say, oh yeah? Well, I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. Then shoot the fuck and walk away. Thank you. Ever hear of a guy they call Joe Hill? He wrote this song and we sing it still. It was way back in the year of 1908. He was a union organizer in the western states. He didn't fall for those bedtime lies handed out by bosses in a preacher's guise. Because his hearts were the workers and his songs were too. So let's sing this one now like they used to do. The Preacher and the Slave. Long-haired preachers come out every night. Try to tell you what's wrong and what's right But when asked about something to eat They will answer with voices so sweet You will eat by and by In that glorious land above the sky The work and pray live on here You'll get fired children and wife try to get something good in this life you're a sinner and bad man they tell and when you die you will sure go to hell go to hell you will eat by and by in the glorious land above the sky the work and pray
by and by, that's a lie. But I suppose... Okay, it's about time for us to head out now. This was our Thanksgiving show on Labor and Love Radio. Hope you enjoyed it. This is the bee reminding you that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table where you work, then you're on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Come on down to Mutiny Radio, corner of 21st and Florida. Come on down, take a look. Real Community Arts Center. Mutiny needs you. So come on down, join in. This is the Beast signing off. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Hello to uh, Vita down there with the truck. Solina going to the movies today. Everybody else out there, all working people, unite. You have nothing to lose but your chains. Let's take a look here. I thought I had... uh, Buffy St. Bye, y'all. Have a good week. And good work. Stay tuned for Flat Black Plastic. With Scott O'Walker coming right up. Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Terrace, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834.
or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco MutinyRadio.fm Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Gold Cadillac with the white material. And, and I started to do some thinking. Black, black, black. Really Saturday noon to two. I'm a freeway. I am Henry. Henry. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? 
Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl! Are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at Subliminal SF. Dot myshopify.com That's subliminal SF dot myshopify.com Experience Subliminal SF
Paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Black Plastic, muniradio.fm. <laughs> <laughs> 